0: Rick Jensen on 1150 AM, 1017 FM, WDEL. Oh, good. Dr. Chris Cassells is on the phone. Dr. Chris Cassells, retired orthopedic surgeon. In fact, uh, I I know him actually quite personally from a few years ago when um, I had a minor tear in my meniscus. It was uh, trying to hike through mud, and I messed up my knee. Went and saw him, and he said, man, I could make some money cutting this thing, but honestly, go to the gym, do these uh, knee and leg exercises, come back in six months, and I'm sure it'll be fine. And I did that, and he didn't make any money off me, but uh, my knee was fine. I always liked that. Chris Casells, um, now working with the Caesar Rodney Institute in their uh, medical department there, the think tank. Thanks for being on, Chris. How are you, sir?
1: Nice to speak with you, Rick. I've got to tell you, um, my wife and I are down here north of Baltimore, and we're li- we listen to you all the time down here. Wow. Um, uh, and and she walked through the room while I was uh, listening. You and Randy do that that Fauci bit, and she almost broke a rib laughing so hard. I mean, it was it was hysterical.
0: Well, thank you. Uh, you that that gives me uh, impetus now to replay that thing sometime uh, later on today. Yeah, Randy and I were talking about the Fauci documentary coming out on on Disney, and I said, uh, "No, I'm not going to watch it. I'm going to wait for the Broadway musical." And then we did a very bad job of singing uh, a parody of The Sound of Music. And I had no idea if people were going to like it or not, but (laughs) thank you. I'll I'll replay it since we have one fan, one person said it's good. That's enough for me. Thank you, sir.
1: Well, I I, I am prejudiced in that I was a a surgeon in training at Yale when Fauci uh, basically was the first head of the CDC and they founded the CDC. And I have never forgiven him for what he did to AIDS. I think he mishandled it badly. And he caused a worldwide epidemic. And I, Whoa! I, I wait a second. All uh, these years, all Chris, these years, I've blamed him.
0: Well, Chris, wait a second. This uh, this documentary is going to be putting him out there as the man who saved America in uh, in fighting the AIDS epidemic. What what is it you know that we don't?
1: Okay, for starters, when when this when AIDS broke out, um, we knew who the target population was. We knew it was confined to three small groups population. We knew that if we tested it, we could contain it. For instance, heterosexual women never got AIDS. They did not get it. Fauci effectively, by, by preventing us from testing the target population with an edict from the CDC, pushed HIV out into the prostitution community, therefore into the heterosexual male community, and therefore into the heterosexual female community of their wives and it wouldn't have ever gotten there if we'd been allowed to test for it and Fauci didn't want to discriminate against these small groups where we knew the disease was was running rampant and he 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 blocked us from testing it we did a workaround we used to make elective surgery patients donate their own blood so that we could get the test anyway but it took us a number of years to figure out that workaround
0: this is actually quite shocking. I had never heard such a thing. And you were there working there at Yale? And while he was there
1: found... At Yale. Is... I, was, I was working at Yale, and we were scared to death because at that time, there was no treatment. So a simple needle stick or a slip of the scalpel of the surgeon or one of his scrub uh, team could be, a, be a, a fatal mistake. I had no she idea. die from it. Yeah, that's... And we, we were furious... And we were scared and you know Fauci might as well have been the boogeyman for the, the last uh, you know, forty years of my life.
0: So, you blame him for the spread of AIDS. It was very, very misunderstood back there in the Reagan administration. people didn 't really understand it. Uh, if someone said, "Oh, you got it from a monkey," then you're considered to be some sort of uh, racist or something but it it turns out that uh, there are uh, monkeys that carry this virus it doesn 't affect them negatively. There were poachers. This is what I read as I understand. You tell me if i 'm wrong, but uh, from the history that i 'd read, it was poachers uh, that would go and kill the monkeys and they would have cuts or whatever they would get infected they would go. To prostitutes and the prostitutes would get it. Others would get it, and uh, and then it spread around the world, including this country.
1: Yes, yes. In this in this country, there were basically uh, uh, three populations that that got it disproportionately and were at risk of being discriminated against because of it. that. Was the, uh, the the male gay population that were very promiscuous at the time, and then. Uh, especially with unprotected sex, the IV drug abusing population, which had a lot of crossover with that other community, and and the Haitian population, which also uh, had uh, had a a serious outbreak. But it was confined to those groups. And all in all, those are pretty small groups. So uh, like anything, if you can contain it early on and target those groups, um, you're going to prevent the big outbreaks. But we didn't do that. We weren't allowed to do that.
0: Well, no. I mean, in those days, too, uh, there was a lot of uh, animosity, hatred, and ugliness towards gay men, especially when AIDS came right. out. And and then you also had, uh, as you said, sexual action, gay men, whether the bathhouses in New York or San Francisco— Um, were also very reticent about this. They didn't trust anybody from the government. They didn't trust folks like you uh, in any of this and were afraid that they are going to be used as some kind of experiment, maybe not unlike Tuskegee syphilis experiment. So they didn't, there there was a lack of trust all the way around.
1: Yeah, yeah. And my first exposure with it, uh, other than hearing about it vaguely from Dr. Merle Sandy in my last year of medical school at UVA, uh, my first real exposure to it was when I went to do the uh, pre-surgical uh, stuff on a colleague of mine. He was a radiology resident, and he wanted me to witness um, uh, a piece of paper that said that he, uh, uh, that he refused to go on a ventilator. And I said, "Listen, you're just going to have a little biopsy of your lung. What's the big deal?" Um, and he said, "No, I'm going to die," and he did. Man, but he told me the whole story of his of his sexual life, and it was a, it was an eye opener.
0: So uh, is. I remember studying about this regarding uh, the poachers uh, hunting uh, the monkeys in, in Africa and that they had this naturally – is that correct or is that incorrect? Is that is that uh, actu- accurate were, knowledge there, or no?
1: There, yeah, it was it, – HIV did get traced uh, to the simian population in Africa. There were stories uh, about, uh, uh, you know, some uh, cross-breeding, shall we say, uh, to be discreet uh, with monkeys, and then, then I think the poacher story was the more likely one that it somehow or another got into the bloodstream. Um, uh, that yeah, that, I gave you, I a gave a quick synopsis, but, I, but
0: yeah, but I was I was wondering, you know, do we actually have an origin story? Is there is there an origin story that scientists? I, I,
1: no, I don't. I don't think anybody really nails it down. Other than it does come out of an African monkey population.
0: Okay, interesting.
1: It, it jumps species.
0: Right. So, Dr. Chris Cassells, uh, very, very uh, well-respected, retired orthopedic surgeon here in Delaware. You wanted to call in about the vaccine, and I want to hear what you have to say about that, sir, because I know that uh, um, you're not uh, an immunologist. You studied immunology, but um, yes, I just want people to know well, that uh, been, you're, not, you're not an epidemiologist slash immunologist.
1: No, no. I, I was educated in epidemiology and public health um, and have always had an interest in infectious disease. But uh, no, my, my training is that of an orthopedic surgeon. But in the last 10, 12 years, as I've been the director of the health policy sector of the Cesar Rodney Institute, I certainly have uh, made every attempt to get up to speed in those areas. Here, I, I have changed my opinion about the vaccine, Rick, and it's not without really scouring the data uh, and, and watching uh, something very strange happen. With this this uh, this hatred, this uh, vile hatred of people who, for one reason or another, are hesitant to get the vaccine, it's as if we're going through the great unwashed of ancient biblical times. It's very odd. But here's here's the rationale: the vaccines have not been as as effective as we hoped. Uh, they they are they are specifically very effective for the alpha variant of COVID-19 or SARS-2 COVID nineteen or SARS two COVID but they're, they're not very effective against uh, other variants so it's not, they're not broad enough. Number two, their, their effect, their immune effect seems to be short lived only about eight months. So what you're seeing now is the Delta variant is being carried around in the nostrils of people who've been vaccinated. Now they're not sick, but they're carrying it around. The, the, the fact that the, the vaccine did not completely wipe out the virus makes the people who are vaccinated carriers that gives the virus a chance to mutate and when the virus mutates you get what are called escape mutants delta being the escape mutant it's much much more contagious but it's not nearly as deadly but as this goes on and you you get to where you need booster after booster after booster what you're doing is you're prolonging the development of good immunity which comes from having been exposed to COVID. When you've been exposed to COVID, you have immunity against a broad range of variants, if not all of them. And the immunity is looking more and more like T cell immunity, which will be forever. In other words, people will likely be immune forever. That's herd immunity. So in in one way or another, you can say that the vaccine is really preventing the development of herd immunity. You know, we d- we developed. Let me let me uh, let me, let me inter-
0: interrupt you here because I'm hearing what you're saying, and I did read uh, this uh, this data report that was released by the CDC, and I, I think it was based on a, a fairly small study, but still, that's it's important. But now we're going to be forced to make this uh, this choice between getting COVID and putting our lives at risk, or getting the vaccine, and
1: well and and You're the problem really putting your life at risk with the, the vast majority of the covid out there is, is delta now. I I and wanna, delta doesn't kill people.
0: Well, uh, sadly that is not true with a family of friends uh where in their healthy healthy no comorbidities, no underlying conditions, 39-year-old guy who didn't get vaccinated died just a couple of weeks ago and uh, it's horrible and I heard last night that another guy that I know and I don't know if he was vaccinated or not, vaccinated or not, is 66 years old uh also died from covid and we're seeing people who are unvaccinated mostly being in the hospital and and mostly dying whether even if they don't have comorbidities now i don't know the numbers the stats on that right now again anecdotally we do know that it does occur and so knowing that it does occur even not knowing the exact numbers we are putting ourselves in that in that uh yeah. the, it, at risk and in danger of uh, that. Plus, I'll tell you something else. Having talked to people who had this, I don't want to lay in the bed for three days, two or three days, and feel like I'm drowning in my own fluid uh, because I decided it's better to get the antibodies and have COVID.
1: Right. I, I get that. I get that. Statistically, the the Delta is a, about like a flu season, a little bit less deadly than a flu season. Those those are the statistical numbers. There are anecdotes. There always are, and and that's uh, that, that's what you expect. In the flu season, and it, we're not over the Delta variant. I, I just have come to the conclusion that I'd rather have the flu uh, the, than, uh, than keep getting uh, mRNA uh, booster shots when, when I think the technology clearly needs more work. I think it's got great potential for cancer, but I think it needs a lot more work uh, to become a better, broader uh, broader vaccine, it's simply not as good as the we're seeing this with IgG, IgM, and T cells. It, it's not as good as having had COVID uh, itself uh, in, in people. Well, drink. I understand, the but, ones are the ones who survive. But I so and, and I will tell you though, I, I'm, doctor, I'm just sort of changing my opinion.
0: Yeah, no, no, I, I hear that, and um, but I'm telling you that I'm not going to uh, put myself and my family at risk. Saying okay, let's get COVID, so we get the antibodies. So it prevents COVID
1: that to me. Well, yeah, well, I'm certainly not saying that. Oh, good. And, I'm, I'm glad I'm, I'm not saying that. Good. Uh, I, I, you know, I am doing some other things to protect myself, not the least of which is uh, staying about 12 feet away from people, not six feet away outside of my pod. But uh, I, I'm absolutely doing protective, self-protective things. But I don't think I'm going to get the booster. Uh, I, I did get the first after after consulting with some very famous neurologists over a neuropathy I've had in the past. Um, I did they, the consensus of my very famous friends. Eventually, after first saying don't do it, eventually they said go ahead and get the get the two shot Moderna, and that's what I did. So I'm not a, I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but I am epidemiologically concerned that the vaccines are preventing herd immunity from developing, and, and that's a little bit worrisome. Okay, so um, so
0: you're not going to get the booster, the vaccine will wear off, so you have a better chance of getting COVID, and that means if you get COVID... You have a
1: better chance of getting the Delta, most likely. The, the, the Alpha variant is really pretty well gone.
0: So this is what I, I got out of the CDC report. And again, you're the, you're the doctor, I'm not, you studied epidemiology, I didn't. Uh, but still, it seems to me that the vaccines are very, very effective, highly effective at preventing severe disease. I know two people who had COVID right, just just right. Uh, the last week. They're both uh, um, they're both vaccinated. They both work in the medical field, and uh, and and they said um, that if they had not been vaccinated, they are absolutely certain they would have been in the hospital, and they feel strongly that one of them may not have made it because of uh, of health concerns.
1: So I hear these yeah, people Yeah, no there there are there are people who absolutely positively but it's a, but it's a focused group. Uh and and so you know the, these painting with broad strokes is always always risky, Rick. It's always risky. Mm-hmm. But having said that, let me let me finish with a broad stroke, okay? Okay. The the greatest okay, tens of billions of dollars have been made By a few pharmaceutical companies, I am reminded of the greatest of all marketing triumphs when a single word was added to the shampoo instructions. The instructions were lather, then rinse, and they changed it to lather, rinse, then repeat. The best marketing strategy in the history of marketing. And I think that's happening with the vaccines.
0: I appreciate it. Mean, at the end
1: of the day, you follow the money.
0: Um, and, well, someone's going to have to pay their mortgage. You know, it's either going to be run by the government or run by the private sector. And again, that, that's my take on it. It might be a little different from yours. But I want to I go through three statements, and you tell me uh, if you agree with these or not. Okay? Because this is okay. part of my learning process. I challenge, I ask questions, uh, I read, I study, and I'm not going to pretend to be smarter than, uh, than folks as learned as you. But it seems to me that vaccines, as I said before, they're highly effective at preventing this severe disease. Is that something you would agree with
1: that is correct- that is correct and and there's the, the, the difference between between uh, ending up with a death sentence, which means going on a ventilator versus staying at home and feeling like crap
0: see, and I want people to understand something that that you're not i I listen to you, and as an active listener, I don't hear you saying anything negative about vaccines or the process. What you are saying is be cautious about the current state of these particular vaccines. And 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 that's pretty much what I'm hearing. Uh, If Breakthrough, this is the second thing I want to say, and you just tell me what you think. Breakthrough infections amongst vaccinated people remain uncommon, statistically uncommon.
1: I think that's true, but... I think there is a very large population of vaccinated people who are carrying around the Delta variant and other variants in their nostrils, and they are the petri dish for further COVID breakouts.
0: Yeah, and they are non-symptomatic.
1: They are. They don't even know they have it.
0: And uh, the third, but they're, but
1: they're spreading it around.
0: And the third thing that, that I, I believe to be true from what I've been studying and reading. The vast majority of new COVID nineteen infections, at least in our country, are amongst unvaccinated people.
1: Yes, there are far more uh, infections in unvaccinated people than there are breakthrough reactions in vaccinated people. Yeah, but the the, the breakthrough reactions in vaccinated people are quite severe, uh, whereas uh, you know many of the people who uh, get COVID. The COVID-Delta variant it's kind of a non-event. I mean, it's up in the 99-plus percent of people that uh, just don't get very sick. They get tested, but they don't get very sick.
0: It's good to know. No, I appreciate the fact that you're studying this, and uh, you you take time to share with your knowledge uh, here with my listeners. I appreciate that.
1: Oh, Rick, it's always great to talk to you. And you always downplay yourself. When you are one of the smartest cookies out there, you... you you, you know so much more than, than uh, you let on, and you're, it, it, you don't get fooled often.
0: <laughs> Flattery will all, always get you a spot
1: on the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, do right. replay that uh, that Fauci bit. The Fauci bit. That was, All right, that was, Randy, that was you want really to do it? Really entertaining.
0: You want to do it next half hour, Randy? What time are we do it? Like eleven o'clock? It was at eleven o'clock at twelve thirty. I mean, that's like yesterday. Dr. Chris Cassell's, uh medical. You, now, how do you bill yourself at the Cesar Rodney Institute think tank?
1: I am the director of the health policy sector at the Cesar Rodney Institute. We have four sectors: education. We have uh, uh, econometrics and government accountability, education, and health policy.
0: And if only uh, folks here in uh, running the state of Delaware would listen to you guys, seriously, all right, my friend, uh, Dr. Chris Cassells, director of the Health Policy sector, the think tank known as the Caesar Rodney Institute. there, got it all in there.
1: <laughs> take
0: care, Rick. Okay, my friend. take care, uh, you and your wife uh, the best uh, to her as well.